Welcome to the Coffee Buzz. I'm Brett. Thank you once again for joining me. Really, really appreciate that. You know, one of my favorite parts of podcasting is how supportive the community of podcasters is. It's one of those groups that just reaffirms my faith in humanity. Uh, Coming from radio, I didn't expect other podcasters to help promote or offer advice. It was really an unexpected surprise. I mean, in radio, it was really every person for themselves. I think I had two friends that I really trusted (laughs) that I worked with, and that was about it. Everyone else would be cool around you and then talk to the program director about how they would be better at your job than you are. And podcasting is the exact opposite. Uh, I've had a few shows that out of nowhere, they just did unsolicited promotions of the coffee buzz. And I'm just, I feel so blessed to be part of this community. Um, One of my favorites is called The Untrained Eye with uh, Beth and DJ. They have a weekly podcast where they discuss pop culture, current events. And what I love about their show is the authenticity. It's like uh, hanging out with two friends that are just totally unfiltered. Uh, DJ will sometimes go off on uh, rants, which I I love. Uh, And then his wife... His wife, will Beth, she'll do one of two different things. Uh, sometimes she'll go along for the ride. And then other times when he's, uh, he's gone a bit too far, she, she shuts him down. I, it's in a loving way, you know, the, like wives do sometimes when us husbands get too carried away. Uh, they don't get too serious um, with the topics, but they're never like you know, a morning, a zany morning radio show either. It's a great podcast. I highly recommend it. Uh, They introduced me to another podcast called the Angry Dad Podcast. Uh, The host, Benjamin, he just sent me two bags of coffee. Uh, Before I get into how good this coffee is, though, I, I just want to talk about his show. The first time I heard it, it reminded me of a that quote from the movie, The Christmas Story, you know, the one about cursing, uh, where he says, Mother, my father worked in profanity the way that other artists might work in oils or clay. It was his true medium, a master. <laughs> it's uh, It was the first thing I thought of when I heard it. But his cursing is not done for effect. You can just tell this is how he communicates when his kids aren't around. But the best part of his message is uh, he just has this way of kicking his listener in the ass with his no-nonsense rants and motivation. His last one just got me really pumped up. It was all about following your dreams. Um, and then there was another one about, you know, telling, making sure that you tell the people that you, that you love, that you truly love them on a daily basis. Really good messages. Um, I think he's on episode 300. It's crazy. Uh, he posts an episode three times a week. He does a YouTube channel. 
I admire how prolific he is. Uh, he is my rabbit, as we say in the running world. I won't catch him, but it makes my pace better just because he's there. And the coffee that he sent me was legit. It's uh, He sent me not one, but two bags of uh, Most Chetty. It's their espresso blend. And I'm really digging how smooth this coffee is. Most of the time when I have espresso, it's it's on the bitter side. But this one has no bitterness at all. It almost has like a chocolate flavor going on with it, which I love. And Moschetti really prides themselves on their roasting technique. Uh, they do small batch roasting, and I've never witnessed a large-scale roasting process before, but I think that makes a big difference because every batch of beans needs a little bit different level of roasting depending on you know when it was picked in relation to peak ripeness. I'm sure time of year plays into that as well. I've had beans before that were, I could tell they were roasted too long. Uh, this happens with some brands that I actually really like, but occasionally I'll get a bag that's just a bit off and it has like that burnt taste to it. And sometimes I think to myself, like, did I, did I leave this on the pot on the burner too long? Which is really never the case because I drink coffee swiftly. So I know it has to be the batch. <laughs> Another thing that I, I like about Moschetti is that they buy organic beans directly from the farmers and they use uh, fair trade practices. Coffee growers sometimes get treated like second or third class citizens. So it means a lot when companies actually appreciate the farmers. I can't say enough good things about this coffee. It's, it's really good, Moschetti. Uh, they, they've got a coffee shop or a few in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. Um, they even do free uh, tastings on on Saturday, I think Ben told me. So if you're in that area, check them out. Um, one day I got to get out to California and see all these people. Hopefully this year. I got, I got a lot of friends in California. I found myself wanting to check the news this week. Uh, because of the whole impeachment trial heating up, I was having some serious FOMO about giving up the news. You know, and I thought to myself, well, I'll just see what's going on. You know, I've been away a long time. I've been away long enough to where I won't get emotionally involved. And, and then I stopped and I said, what the hell are you saying right now? <laughs> like, I sound like an addict trying to convince myself that uh, just a little won't hurt. And if you're one of those people that can keep up with the news and not get emotionally involved, then, you know, more power to you. But for me, it is a source of stress and conflict. I mentioned, I don't know, I, I think it might be 10 or 12 episodes back about giving up the news because it made me dislike people that I that didn't share my political viewpoint. And, and that's insane because there's so much more to my personality and my identity than politics, you know, because, but when I start consuming news, 
it's like that becomes the most important uh, qualifier. And anybody done in my tribe is just not worth talking to. And it's like it becomes the most important thing in determining someone's level of intelligence or importance. And I don't think I'm alone on this either, uh, which is kind of scary. It's a scary situation when you get a lot of people thinking like that. I have a lot more in common with people than political viewpoints. I mean, that's just a tiny fraction of who we are. And it's all made up anyway. It's like some silly soap opera. And for starters, I mean, we're all humans, right? We're on this spinning rock covered with water in this vast space of nothingness, just hurtling through space. <laughs> I, all we have is each other. So what does it matter if someone has a different name on their voting ballot than I do? But there I was earlier this week, just wanting to see the latest update. And I had to dig deep, not to jump on my old go-to website for my information bubble news. And I reminded myself that there's way more interesting things to do with my time than checking the news and getting outraged over something, over, over a charade. <laughs> so I read this article about sleep instead. I know, exciting, right? <laughs> but it actually was. Uh, I'm always looking for that life hack or method that allows me to get, to get less sleep because it's such a time suck. Uh, we spend one third of our lives sleeping. I knew it was a lot, but I didn't know until I read that article just how much it was. And I've always said if I could have one superpower, it would be the ability that wouldn't require sleep to be healthy. But no living creature has evolved to that point, probably because humans are the only animals crazy enough to deprive themselves of sleep. And you've heard this before, I'm sure, but we can never get sleep back. And it's not like when you go without food for a day or two and you can sort of replenish yourself with a big meal. Once you've lost sleep, that's it. You know, the cells that didn't get repaired or the processes that, that didn't happen, they're gone and you can't do a 12-hour, you know, sleep the next day to make up for it. I think another big part of sleep is getting our brains to, to shut down. I'm currently making my way through a book by Joe Dispenza called Becoming Supernatural. And he talks about brainwaves. There's, there's four different brainwaves. Beta is associated with, you know, the normal consciousness, heightened state of alertness. This is where we have logic and critical reasoning. Your alpha brainwaves are present during deep relaxation. You know, your eyes are closed and you're daydreaming. Delta is the lowest, or the slowest, I should say, and is present in deep, dreamless sleep. Uh, this is the very deep sleep. Uh, some people will attain this during transcendental meditation, and where you, it's basically where your awareness is completely detached. And then there's theta. This is during deep meditation and light sleep. This is include, you know, includes REM dream states, 
Uh, theta is also the realm of the subconscious mind. It is where we, it's known as the twilight state, as it is normally kind of only momentary experienced as you drift off between alpha and then into the deep sleep of delta. A sense of deep spiritual connection and oneness with the universe can be experienced at theta. And when I wake up in the morning and I immediately start meditating, I can slip into theta much quicker than say, you know, meditating on my lunch break. That's my goal is to get past this thinking mind <laughs> because it's all about my story of the past and my predictable future. That's what keeps going on in my brain. And if I only dwell in those two states, then my life really never changes because it's all based on the story of my past or the predictable future. And when you get into this theta state, it is past the place of our body, of identity and time. That's the quantum field of energy that's all around us. Our five senses are so limited. You know, there's so much that we can't perceive in this world. There's radio waves, radiation, Wi-Fi signals, all moving through our bodies all the time. And we only see a fraction of the light that's available. I mean, scientists have proven that cells are mostly empty space. And the world as we see it as physical is only that way because of our perception. And get this, the cells change when we observe them. Once we get past this narrow focus of matter, of people, places, time, and we get in touch with the space of nothingness, our brains begin to change. And as our brain slows down in this state, we become connected to the autonomic nervous system. This is the body's consciousness operating system. This is the part of our brain that is in charge of digesting food, uh, beating our heart, secreting hormones, repairing damaged cells, all kinds of stuff. It's basically the autonomic nervous system keeps you alive. And the more that we can get into this present moment where there's no body, no thing, no time, the autonomic nervous system can step in and heal the body. Our consciousness merges with its consciousness. And we're in the present moment. We can just get out of our own way. And tapping into this is like having a pharmacy at our disposal. Only here there's no nasty side effects with like with drug treatment. We can heal diseases, mental illness. We can manifest dreams. We just have to give that autonomic nervous system the permission to come in. This is what... Abraham Hicks was talking about it, it's kind of interesting when I, I find two totally unrelated uh, people talking about the same thing um, I did an episode on her a few episodes back she channels that entity Abraham Hicks her name is Esther Hicks she's the one that basically says you don't have to do anything to get what you want other than matching your intention with an elevated emotion I mean she calls it the vortex and Joe Dispenza calls it the quantum field, but they're talking about the same thing. It's this process that is beyond physical matter. 
That's why sometimes you might find yourself saying things like, oh, this job just came out of nowhere, or I had no idea how I was going to make this happen, but it just did. That's because it literally came from nowhere, no time, no self. You have to become pure consciousness and change the signal that you're broadcasting and you will attract the energy to you. This field of energy is observing you and it sees this new identity that you're creating and it endorses your effort. I think we all know what intention is or a desire, but I want to talk more about elevated emotions. If you approach this process as a victim or someone who is unhappy, the energy will not be consistent with your desire. There's been a lot of times where I've had a clear intention, but I was still living in the past, so nothing happened. My thoughts were doing this because my subconscious mind still believed it was in the limited past experiences. Joe Dispenza says that emotion is energy in motion. Elevated emotions carry a higher frequency than survival emotions. So in order to create change, we have to summon emotions that are greater than guilt or pain or fear, greater than anger. And any lower vibration cannot carry you to that dream. Meditation is important, but it's not the only place where you can combine intent with elevated emotion. I mean, you can do it while you're in traffic or in a long line or pumping gas. You just have to use your imagination and visualize a future that is not concerned with your present circumstances. Here's another way to think about it. When you see yourself connected to everybody, everything, every place, every time, when you become when you accept this idea of interconnectedness of all things, then observing a potential energy is like recognizing your hand. You're already connected to it because it already exists. I will post a link in the show notes where you can find Joe Dispenza's book, Becoming Supernatural, as well as a link to our coffee of the week, uh, Most Chetty from the Angry Dad Podcast. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you next week.